Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for listening in. It's always good to have you guys here. Um, today, we're going to just do something a little different. If this is your first time listening or checking out the podcast, I want you to uh, to know this is called Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. So it's just all about letting the Bible reveal who Jesus is. We get into Scripture, read it, talk about it, all that good stuff. It's really really, um, I'd consider very exciting things to do. I want to talk out of Psalms, um, I think, because I had an idea. My Bible's open to Psalms, that's why I I said that. But I had an idea, what if today we just kind of like open the Bible? You know what, maybe we won't do Psalms, let's do it this way. I'm going to hold my Bible closed, and then I'm going to flop it open somewhere. And wherever it opens, we're going to read out of, so... Hopefully, this will be a fun little exercise uh, for me, because I think it's interesting, and I think it's important that we understand the whole Word of God. I think it's important that we can dive into it and trust that we're going to be able to get something out of it. You know, the whole Word of God, the whole Bible is inspired by, you know, the Holy Spirit. It was written by different authors, but the the same Holy Spirit is the one that wrote it, that really authored it um, in the hearts of man. So, Wherever we open it, there should be something that's applicable to our lives. So I'm just going to kind of do it here. Let's see what happens. We landed on either the last chapter of Amos or the first chapter of Obadiah. You know what? Let's let's read the first uh, part of Obadiah here. It says the vision of Obadiah. This is chapter 1. This is the very beginning. Uh, it says, Edom will be humbled. Sounds amazing. So exciting, right? Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a report from the Lord, and a messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations, and you shall be utterly despised. The pride of your hearts has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, Who will bring me down to the ground? Verse 4, though you soar aloft like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. A few things in this. Um, I have not directly studied into the exact translation of this, but it is important we understand when we are reading the word, sometimes we can read these scriptures and it'll say, the Lord says, I will bring you down, therefore the Lord. Um, In Hebrew, there's permissive. So whenever it says that, it's not saying... It's more like saying God allows you to be brought down, more so than God himself is the one that's taking you down. Now, because he is the ultimate authority, he permits something to happen, so ultimately the responsibility does land on him. He allows you, he is the one that lets it happen, so he's the one that does it, because he owns, you know, it's like um, if you own the bank account, and someone goes in and, you know, messes with it, but ultimately, you know, the bank account is yours, ultimately that was your decision, on paper is the way it can be seen. Kind of the same thought here. Whenever God does something, because he is the authority of authorities, whenever this is being written, it's important we understand where the heart of God is, his goodness towards man. He's not doing anything in the sense of he's wanting to just dish it out. He's had enough. He's over it. Um, it's actually from a place of there is, there's now got to be a consequence. It's like a parent. You know, no parent wants to actually bring discipline 
into you know, their child's life. They don't really get pleasure out of it, but at the same time, they know that there needs to be a consequence so that the child can learn that this decision hurts me and it hurts other people. Same kind of vein. It's in that vein. It's not from a place, again, very easy to read this and go, well, God's just, you know, he's upset like we get upset. God doesn't get upset like we get upset. Again, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So bringing God down to a very carnal uh, decision-making thought train is not exactly the most wise decision. That being said, again, he talks about there is clearly going to be some correction happening to the Israelites here. But there's two things he really brings out, um, and even verbalizes, there's a quote, says there's some thoughts that these people were thinking. There's a way of thinking that they had allowed into their soul that now has produced, you know, this need for correction, so to speak. Verse 3 says, the pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rock. So he's talking about how you have comfort. Um, and the clefts of the rock in your lofty dwelling. So these are, you know, I'd imagine very nice houses up above, maybe a valley. They're up in, you know, they're stone, taken care of, they're protected from the elements, you know, comfort, very nice housing situation here. And um, they, you know, they they have this thought process at the end of verse 3 that says, who will bring me down to the ground? So there's a very clear arrogance, there's a very clear pride, and a very clear self-resilience that has built up in the hearts. Um, and comfort can do that to us. I'm trying to think, I heard someone, it was a, uh, it was probably one of them podcast, podcast clips, sometimes like on my, um, what do you call them, video things on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Those little videos, I get these little segments of like podcasts or teaching or whatever, sermons, that kind of thing. And someone was talking on one of those clips about how compromise or comfort, excuse me, comfort brings compromise. So, you know, whenever you have all the things you ever could need where they're just, everything's comfortable, it's easy, it causes and makes it very easy to compromise what you need, compromise your integrity, compromise your thought patterns, compromise your perspective, compromise how you treat other people, how you treat yourself. All of those things actually um, can happen just because of having comfort. Um, it's the same way like with a, with a tree. You know, the Bible talks to us as a believer and as, you know, the children of God. He talks about how, um, I believe in the Psalms, like a tree planted beside still waters. So if we're like a tree, again, then John talks about the Father being, or Jesus being the root or the branches. There's a lot of very, you know, it's very clear imagery of like a tree or a plant. And how that's structured, well, if a tree never receives resistance, um, its root system does not go very deep. Um, it doesn't, you know, really get grounded, so to speak, you know, so when a big storm comes, it'll just topple over. So like if there was an experiment, and if you've heard this podcast, I think I've referenced it before. Um, I'm trying to think of where it was, but it was like a big biodome. And you can look it up. There's this big dome. And in the dome, they had like the perfect environment. So the perfect amount of sunlight, perfect amount of water, perfect amount of, you know, fertilized soil, the right type of dirt, the right type of ecosystem, plants around. And they were trying to grow as like a big greenhouse situation. But in the situation, there was one thing they forgot, and that was wind. They didn't have a lot of wind in this big dome. Again, it was a sealed, you know, greenhouse type of dome thing. You know, think like a big old egg. And, uh... Because of that, the plants had very, very shallow roots. 
and because there was no resistance, they didn't build up. So over time, as these trees and other plants got very tall and were growing right on the top, they looked amazing, but they had no root system. And so they fell over just over time because they couldn't support themselves. And so in this moment too, it's important, you know, we allow this, the resistance of life actually produces these things in us. So if we constantly live in a place where every single thing is just okay, you know, we're being, we're just, you know, uh, comfort, 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 comfort. And that's all that we're seeking. That's all we choose to live by. That's the win is, well, if I'm comfortable, I'm okay. Um, that comfort actually can be deceiving over time. In a moment, it's amazing. It's, you know, the Holy Spirit himself is called the comforter. It's not that we don't need comfort. It's that there's like a, there's a, there's a, there's a balance to these things, specifically in our time on the earth and our time here in the, in this realm and what we're doing. And it's important that that, that resistance actually builds up. You know, the Bible talks about how trials and tests actually increase and test our faith and our faith is proven valuable. It's proven more precious than gold. I believe Peter talks about that. So there's a lot of really good things in this, but again, this comfort clearly produces a very, it's very easy to become self-righteous, and especially where we live in America, if you live in America, if you don't live in America, but if you live in Western, any sort of Western culture, we have a lot of what we even like to call creature comforts, you know, we have very, you know, comfortable housing, we have very comfortable beds, couches, I mean, so much of marketing and, and even the commerce that happens in our nations is based on comfort. Get it the quickest, the easiest. You know, the whole drive-through in America, especially, is literally just comfort. I mean, but you go to some other nations, they don't really do drive-throughs. They sit down, and there's different things that actually, you know, those comforts, the ease. Like, think of this. I know when we travel over overseas, and we went to France and did some uh, some work over there, some missionary work, and just worked with some churches. It was really awesome. We still do um, some things with some Bible schools there, which is awesome, but. When we were over there, one of the first things I noticed is there was a whole lot of mom and pop shops, is what I would call them. There was a lot of family businesses that were thriving, completely like going strong. And I'm thinking like, I don't think I've ever been to except for maybe a handful of like family businesses when it comes to like a grocery store or, you know, a pastry shop or, you know, just different things that I just, you never like ice cream shop or whatever you'd think of family businesses just isn't really a thing in America. I've been to a lot of chains, been to a lot of big name chains that are like everywhere, but to have an individual, you know, situation like that is not as common over here. And I was kind of thinking about, I was like, well, why is that? Well, the comfort or convenience of having a chain that you know their stock, right? So whenever you go to, say, Walmart or some big name chain, you're going to know what they have. Their inventories are going to be pretty well universal. You go to a fast food chain or you go to a restaurant like a sit-down chain, even some of the steakhouses that now have become very much their chains, Outback, Longhorn, you go to, I don't know, like an Applebee's or even fast food stuff, you know, Sonic, McDonald's, whatever. You go to those different restaurants, those different places, there's such a, well, I know what I'm going to get. So there's a convenience. You don't have to go in, well, what's the daily special? What's What are they cooking today? What is this menu? I've not seen this before. They have stuff that I've never seen or have never had before. But because there's a convenience of this thing is this way and it's a very big, it actually pushes out that convenience actually pushes out the livelihood of a family, pushes out the the individuality 
of, of, of things. And so, you know, in a culture that is so starved for individuality, you know, we want to be ourselves and be who we are, yet we, in a lot of ways, are willing to compromise for convenience, and that builds a lot of resentment, you know, and, and again, maybe not necessarily directing a grocery store to someone's identity, but the principle's still the same. You do it in one way, and eventually it loves to creep over the enemy. Again, master of accusation, master of manipulation, brings things in where, you know, where there's convenience in one area of my life. Now, all of a sudden, I've been, you know, I've allowed convenience over here, and it all feeds my ego and my pride. Because again, what was the issue? Who will bring me down to the ground? In Obadiah 1 verse 3, the pride of your heart has deceived you. In other words, there's a convenience, there's an ease, it feels right. Well, this is what I I need. And it actually brings with it a loaded deception near lofty dwelling. You say, who will bring me down to the ground? Verse 4, though you soar aloft like the eagle. So he's not even denying that things are good. He says, you are above things, though your nest is set among the stars. In other words, you are like way up there. You are like blessed. You're doing amazing. But it says this, from there, I will bring you down, declares the Lord. You could say, I will allow you to be brought down. You know, you think about Job, consider my servant Job. It wasn't that God himself was up there, kapayim, but he allowed there to be resistance in wind. He allowed there because that that needed to purify that resistance a lot of times is a great way. It's like um, gold. You know, you get gold and you have to heat it up and all the impurities come to the surface, can be scraped off, can be removed. Very clearly, there was an impurity of pride in their hearts and the resistance, the wind that's getting, you know, you read Obadiah and all the judgment and everything that kind of gets dished out here. It actually is a is an opportunity for that impurity to come to the surface. And again, that is a, a different perspective than, oh, well, God's just upset. He's just mad at me and he's just trying to, you know, I'm just getting what I'm due. That is, again, another twist of another accusation. You know, God always has our best interest in mind. He always is for us. He's not against us. He loves us. He sent his only son while yet we were his enemies. If that's not proof enough, I don't know what else he can really do to to prove to us that somehow he's for us. He really, really is for us. But again, it's interesting. This messenger came down, behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. In other words, this is a very low, I mean, this is like, whoa, what in the world? In other words, you will, you will be made, you know, there's an opportunity for you to be humbled. And I'll say this kind of as I end the podcast. No one can actually make us humble. No situation can, um, can humble us. Now, he says this, I will make you low. And behold, you know, I will make you small among the nations. This is an opportunity for humility to come in. The Bible says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Um, That doesn't say God will make you humble by his mighty hand. It says humble yourself before. In other words, humility and choosing humility is a heart decision we have to make. It's something we got to do. No one's going to make it for us. No situation like this, even, you know, whenever there is wind, wind will never make you humble. You can dig in your heels and just get hard. Or we can allow the reality that God is for us. The situation might be coming against me right now, but I'm going to trust in who he is. I'm going to trust in what he said. I'm going to believe that this will produce the fruit of the spirit. My patience will be grown. My self-control is going to be better than it's ever been. And this thing that the enemy meant for evil, God will work for good. That's how that works. That's not just some, you know, well, God's just going to work it out somehow. No, this resistance actually builds up my root system in him. It builds up my heart. It builds up my faith. So anyway, 
This was kind of a fun little exercise for a conversation. Just flipping it open, I might do it again. I think it's pretty fun. There's a lot of different things that we can get into. There's a lot of different, you know, (laughs) a lot of things in the Word that we can just begin to go into. So you can open your Bible anywhere. I mean, really, I encourage you, you can open it up anywhere. And it's going to speak. There's truth in there. If our heart is ready to hear, we will hear the voice of the Lord when we read the Word. So without that being, uh, with all that being said, excuse me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, if you need any information about myself, the ministry, you want to partner with Family Mission, get involved with what we're doing, um, please check the description. There's information. There's our website. You can go on there and figure out who we are. If this is your first time again, thanks for making it all the way through the end. Check out some of the other podcasts we have. We put these out every week. Um, they're such a blast to make. And uh, yeah, may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you, lift up His countenance upon you, and give you peace. See you next time. Thank you.